You are listening to Austin's Laundry, a podcast for the curious. This is where we give the scoop on Austin's creative scene, our city's small founded businesses, and discuss the culture that makes Austin so incredibly influential. My name is Elliot James, and I invite you to join me in discovering the new world behind creating and supporting small business and how tapping into one's passion can affect and build a community. Without further ado, let's get started. What's up, guys? On today's episode, we have the extremely talented cocktail artist, Madeline Ridgway, um, who's worked for some of the most influential bars in the city. I think one thing that really makes Madeline stand out is that she has an incredible knack for not just creating cocktails, but choosing work environments that kind of give her opportunities to grow and learn and prosper. I like cocktail artists. I haven't gotten that yet. That's fun. That beats mixologist any day for sure. And thank you. I would love for you to um, yeah tell people a little bit about yourself, why you are such an extremely talented cocktail artist. Oh, well, I mean, I think it's obviously genetics, but <laughs> um, <laughs> my cocktail story, if you will. I originally started bartending whenever I was in uh, San Angelo, Texas, which is not a cocktail mecca by any <laughs> means. Uh, great bars. I like one of my favorite bar homes that I've ever had was there at a bar called Parrot's Head Tavern. Moving to Austin, I really wanted to get more into like proper craft cocktails, not just pouring beer for people. Um, and so I got that uh, opportunity to move to Austin by working for Snooze, which was, okay. um, they're not really known for their cocktails, but uh, getting to be behind a bar that had that much volume and like pushes you to um, really prioritize how and what you're doing. And then I got to work at where I met you in Dalton was working at uh, Backbeat. Um, which was a fun Jessica Sanders bar. She owns Drinkwell up on the North Loop. Um, That was a really beautiful bar to get my start in. And then without really truly earning it quite yet, I then got to go work at uh, Midnight Cowboy for T.C. Rowland. And I have to say that anything that um like makes me good creatively would come directly from her like she taught me about balance and how to approach cocktails like that's that's why i am badass as of casey <laughs> can you explain for those people who don't know um i love midnight cowboy but can you explain why midnight cowboy is such an influential bar here in the city um well yeah well Midnight Cowboy is an influential bar because of a bar called Eastside Showroom, um, which was like the first, I know everybody has a, you you have especially have a soft spot for that bar, but um, so what is now Austin Din used to be Eastside Showroom, which was really Austin's first cocktail bar and um, where my sister even had her first cocktail, which is kind of cool, but um, oh, that space produced a lot of really, really great bartenders that uh, then left there and started a bunch of other bar programs um, that have really changed Austin's cocktail scene. One of those being um, Midnight Cowboy. So a lot of the old veterans from Eastside Showroom then went over to Midnight Cowboy and it's a it's a bar that's owned by Tim League, who is the owner of Alamo Draft House, and he's a wonderful guy to like work for. Um, 
and he really the best thing is that he really lets whoever's in there like have control of the space and be able to like creatively express themselves without having somebody that's like no that's not what i wanted that's not what that wasn't my dream for this space so he's um really let these people go in and uh make some really amazing cocktails and provide an experience for people to really have like a one-on-one learning about everything that goes into a cocktail and why you would even prepare it in a certain way with the cart service that Midnight Cowboy has. And so he really, so Tim kind of gives um, the bartenders the reign to express themselves creatively. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, is that common? Um, not always. <laughs> like yeah. I would say, like I've had experience with people having much more of like a heavy hand of what it is that they want you to do, and so that he uh, really, he really has faith that he has hired the right people to do the right job. Okay, and that's really nice. To is have. so because you've worked at so many places, you've seen a lot of bartenders, good, bad, everything in between. I'm sure. sure. Yeah. Um, how does he know, or how do you know, or how does the restauranteur know? this person's going to be great for our team. It's all about hiring, right? So Tim has a man named Bill Norris that works for him that is um, just kind of a genius and very, very well known and well thought of, not only in the Austin cocktail com- community, but it, like nationally. Okay. Um, you know what? And honestly, at that point, like, it's just intuition. Like, being able to look at somebody and look at their, like, work history and feel out whether or not they're going to be able to stay with you and your company for years rather than just fall out very easily. Um, I don't know. you got to get people that give a shit about other people. <laughs> this is the hospitality industry you're talking about. So one thing that I love about going out and getting a drink here in the city or whenever you go on vacation or whatever, sure. is there such really, um, it creates this really unique watering hole experience where you can go and talk to people in a way that you can't really do whenever you're going shopping and, and shit like that. You don't talk to everybody that you, is around you when you're shopping? I talk to everybody. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Just talk to everybody all the time. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> what makes that, what makes being at a bar more acceptable to talk to the people around you yeah. than being just in a normal... Well, because, like, I mean, because you go on vacation, shop. you go to, yeah, you, you go to a coffee shop, you, you go uh, out to eat, and you go to a bar. Mm-hmm. And you have such a unique experience being able to talk with your bartender and with the people around you and just meet a lot of people. What do you think makes those unique experiences? Like, why do you choose a bar? Like, it's almost like, why is it that it's more acceptable to be social with the people around you at a bar rather than just, like, going shopping mm. or even going to get coffee? Because, honestly, like, if I go to a coffee shop and somebody's, like, trying to chat me up, like, oh, I don't know if you have noticed yet, didn't drink this. <laughs> haven't drank this yet talk to me and actually i'm leaving so never talk to me thank you like but yeah like that's weird it's like creeper at the coffee shop whereas if that person was at a bar like still could totally be a creeper let's be real alcohol is involved but also like i think culturally we're we accept more people being friendly in a alcohol fueled environment rather than uh, like a caffeine fueled one, because that makes yeah. people mad. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so wait, what do you think makes other bars so good at being just these social hubs? Okay. So, uh, well, there's a bar for everybody, right? Like, okay. and, and 
a one bar that's a social hub for you may not may not be like the social hub for me. I definitely know that there are bars in the city that I could walk into and it would be like, oh, okay, this is weird. And then the guy that walks in behind me, it has that like norm moment from like cheers. Like he goes there every yeah. single day. Everybody that he that is in there is somebody that he knows and loves. Um so I mean, I think that's what's so great about a bar. Things that I don't like about bars, I don't like going into a bar that's completely empty and then is also just like way more obsessed with itself and its image rather than the person that's on the other side of the bar. I say that working at a spirit-specific bar, so I do a lot of the like, um, are you sure you want vodka? <laughs> so I understand that there's a little bit of uh uh, hypocriticalness happening here, but um, hypocrisy, my bad. I'm uh, just trying to make up words. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> it's, this, it's your this, podcast. This, this is your time. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, like, really at its core, the bar in, in culture is meant to be like a place where we pass information. It's where, like, we were kind of discussing this earlier, and, and even like in respects to. Um, why is it that whenever I go on vacation, one of the first places I go to is a bar? Well, used to, the bar was where you checked into the hotel. It was in the bottom of the hotel. You went up to the barkeep, you got your key, you went upstairs, you put your stuff away, and then you came back down to the bar. You got like a, a tipple, if you will. That's my favorite yeah. <laughs> phrase for a drink. And, um, and then you like talk to the locals and you see what's going on in town if it was one of those things where like if you needed a job if you needed to hire somebody if you wanted to talk politics if you just wanted to know whose wife was screwing whose husband sort of thing like you went to the bar like this is such a <laughs> it bars fulfill such a need for humans to be social and to talk and uh now we have like such a bars are able to fit different aesthetics and different things that you want so much and be like highly tailored in some like cases but it's still a matter of like it it's up to the staff to really make anybody that walks into that place feel welcome um because hospitality like that's what we're talking about is the hospitality industry and we're welcoming people into our homes that we show up to and clean and prepare every day to welcome people in so if you have a staff that's like oh, these people then and i'm not saying that like i've definitely had those shifts where you're like oh man <laughs> We're just really trying meat today, aren't we? You know, but um, <laughs> but overall, being able to be hospitable and put your own genocide. So, regarding being in Austin, Texas, what do you think makes Austin's bar culture so unique in comparison to other cities? It's still relatively quite young, so that's how so, so? How so? Well, okay, so like if we look at the cocktail renaissance. Well, let's just say that that started with Del DeGroff and the Rainbow Room in, uh, like, in Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center in New York. Like, that happened in the 90s. And so, like, I don't know, when did Eastside Showroom close? Or when did it open? 2010? Maybe 2009? So, so you're, like, our cocktail scene is, like, yeah. 11, 10 years old. Put that into perspective, y'all, for a second. The fact that now you can go anywhere in the in the world 
in the United States, let me not exaggerate, not anywhere. Most <laughs> bars you can go to and you can get like a Moscow Mule. Like, and that's not a weird thing. Um, in 2011, that was such a unique or an new old thing in fashioned. Austin, Texas. Like Woo! an old fashioned you couldn't get anywhere. Like how fast culture has adapted this new, very popular. So what's really cool about that, like being a part of the Austin, Austin culture, like right now, like is that there's so many, right now, there's so many opportunities. And then there's a lot of opportunities to um, get in with like new companies that are starting that are in the hospitality business and being able to have your voice heard through them. It's not like you have all of these like super well-established bars that have been doing this forever and they don't want to hear what you have to say or any suggestions that you have because they are titans and they don't need to hear anything. Like, yeah. what's beautiful about this is that you have <clears throat> new people that are coming in and they're like, well, what if we did it this way? Like, well, let's try it. And if it's better than, for the most part, it's just, it's a more of an even playing ground, I would say. Because honestly, like, I'm compared to some of the people that have been in this industry. I'm relatively new and it's really great to have like some of my heroes uh, come out and support me and then also um, whenever I tell them like ideas that they have whenever they're like oh that's really good actually and that's just <sighs> it's a lot so you were working at Midnight Cowboy uh -huh. um, you had the creative ability to create a very uh, contribute to a very unique menu you did pretty good didn't you well that was not like yeah, well, that menu was super badass. Um, that would I would I could not I cannot take much credit for that. Um, that was a an entire team that put together a menu. Um, I had two cocktails on the. Are you talking about the um, around the world mm -hmm. menu? Yes. Yeah, with the passport. Yes. Um, yeah. So so the way that that menu was like formed was through like draft pick picks. So it was like you had your basic spirits, so like tequila, American whiskey, scotch, gin, vodka. So you had your like basic things and you had like a shirt, a stirred or shaken like option. And then like, okay, well what kind of stirred, like is this gonna be fruity? Is this gonna be more citrus forward? Is this gonna be more, like what purpose is it gonna serve? I had a Swedish cocktail that I had to do with like, what was it? it? Was sherry? Well, sherry's from Spain, so you have to like kind of like figure out different ways of incorporating all this stuff. It was just it was like a really interesting process to be a part of, and yeah, I killed my cocktails. They were delicious. Um, I mean, honestly, the entire menu was so well curated, and I feel like it was extremely balanced. Yeah, um, which is something that whenever you go to a new cocktail bar. Um, I think it's interesting whenever you do have an array of choices that are all done really well. I mean, it was right. such a cool menu, and y'all got an award for it. Am I wrong? We were we were nominated for an award for it. I can't remember exactly what it was. Uh, we did get an award for. Oh no, we did. You did. I have a I... picture of it. Yeah, we did. I thought I remember you saying that. Yeah, I have. A, yeah, I you have the picture with you right now. I do actually. She carries it with you everywhere she I goes. I do. There is. There's no way I would ever leave home without it. I mean, obviously. So why do you find that doing cocktail competitions is so beneficial for you as a bartender and just other bartenders in general? Well, it's sort of like the um, the situation that I described earlier with the 
being forced to create a certain type of cocktail um, rather than just like willy-nilly being like, oh, I think I'm going to do this. Um, but so like cocktail competitions, you're typically doing four brands. So you have to use that spirit and then they're usually themed in some way. So like one time I did a cocktail competition for El Tesoro and it had to be a punch that um, – was that representative of you and your family and like things that you care about um Inter- so, that's very specific it was it was incredibly specific and okay. the drink that i made was incredibly specific <laughs> but so like that's beneficial for me and for whenever you are put into something that like confines you still like really pushing the envelope in that um and then also um the people that you meet uh-huh. like that is hands down the best reason to do competitions wow um to like the people that i've met on a national level because the that el tesoro competition is called punch kings actually won the local round for austin and then got to go to chicago to compete and uh didn't win not bitter it's okay um (laughs) but uh but the people that i got to meet and like i i know people from minnesota to um like New York now that I got to like really talk to and yeah. that I would love like if I called them up and was like hey I'm in your city yeah that they would be so so excited and I would get to see them um, but also if you're trying to move um, really helps get new jobs because somebody's actually already seen you work and seen what you're willing to do um, and how creative you are so that is I mean it's like an instant resume almost. So as far as like if you were to make suggestions to new people in the city or people wanting to join uh, the industry or create a restaurant, what are a couple recommendations you would have as far as someone dipping their toes into the service industry and they have the goal of being successful? They wanted to make something awesome. My suggestion would be to um, go either be a cocktail server or um, a bar back at a cocktail bar that you really like, or just one in general, um, and start putting yourself where you're having to be in a position to talk about these different spirits and um, and work very closely with them and and work with people that you can ask questions that they'll be nice and respond rather than being like none of your business like being in a cool ecosystem in a cool environment yeah start can... start at the bottom because if you like you can't just walk into somewhere and be like i want to be a cocktail bartender hire me now okay um with zero experience it's just it just, just doesn't work that way there's so yeah. much history um that you need to learn and be appreciative of before you can just you know decide that you're the shit yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one, also, like, one thing that I forgot to ask earlier. Uh, so in the world of social media, whenever people are, like, snapping photos of their drinks and the restaurant and things like that, and, like, my opinion, totally an opinion, sometimes I do it, but, like, over-research the hell out of in a restaurant, almost taking away the bewilderment of mm-hmm. discovery. How do you, like, what are your, what's your opinion? Because I love the discovering online, but also there's nothing like stumbling into something organically. What, what, what do you think? Sure. But I think there's room for both things to happen. So, okay. So let me just address the, like, now that we're taking pictures of stuff, like, there was, whenever I was working at Cowboy, my direction to everybody was, it, it needs to look like it can immediately be put on Instagram. Like, 
every cocktail that leaves this bar needs to look like it's going on Instagram right now. So that makes a lot of pressure, especially whenever you're like slammed and you're trying to get through drinks just like so fast because you just want you want somebody to have something in front of them. Um, it puts a lot of pressure on making sure that your garnish game is tops and that everything is just literally picture perfect, um, which isn't bad. Like, of course, we should be doing that every single time. Uh, but it is it is one of those things also where also where you, when you fall short, um, the backlash from that is rude often. Wow. Yeah. Just because it doesn't look super I mean, just because it doesn't look Yeah, pretty. well, like, it doesn't look pretty or it wasn't as good as somebody thought that it should be. Like, this is, like, I, I don't think that people really understand that, like, how good a drink is is going to be relative to what you value in something. The visual you appeal You just of, get, like, ripped for things, yeah. And a lot of that is, like, the visual appeal of not having that drink be super crazy. It, it is so interesting that everything that we do now is, like, or everything we eat needs to be so picture perfect like i feel like that creates a new element of um of just creating right okay but then the last part of what you said was about um last part of the question was about bewilderment okay so i'm the type of person that if i'm watching a show that like the season's already completed yes i will go to wikipedia i will look up how it ends and then I like watch the show with like this secret in my heart the whole time. And I like I love that. I love things being spoiled for me and like knowing exactly what I would like what to expect. Yes. But like there is something magical about stepping into this stuff. But what else but like if somebody if something is truly like amazing and truly a wonderful experience, there is no video or picture that's gonna capture that. Like there's there's no substitution for experiencing something firsthand there just isn't like it could if it's something that's truly good there's nothing that could take away that magic on that note madeline thank you so much Absolutely. for being thank here for today um if someone i know that things change quite rapidly but if somebody wanted to find you uh online or uh grab a cocktail from you where can they find you online well my instagram would probably be the best thing and that's mad crazy with two y's because it's crazy <laughs> um and then i am working at i'm the bar program director at um gin bar at the second floor of the arrive hotel on east 6th and chacon awesome yeah on that note uh thank you thank you